Welcome to The New Exchange, a podcast series that explores how everyone has a story to tell. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's winter bonus chat is truly a special one. Palace are a British indie band that excel at taking listeners through these tapestry of sounds that feel like waves of an ocean. A few years back, I had the privilege of taking photos of their first ever trip to New York, and hand on heart, that's an experience I remember so fondly. They're a friendly bunch of guys who deeply care about the art they put out into the world, and that level of care comes across in spades on their latest album, Shoals, which is out now. The songs of Shoals explore the multitudes within fear, essentially exploring the different shades of color that fear can unexpectedly produce within our lives. It wasn't lost on us within this episode that the execution of men being open with such feelings is rarer than it should be. And I think that's also beautifully reflected within the talk I had with Leo and Rupert of the band. Together we explore the work that went into bringing these new songs to life, and we also get real about the ways the pandemic has been particularly challenging for artists. This is the new exchange with Palace. Enjoy. It's a wild thing to think about. The last time I saw you guys was February 2020 when you played here in Brooklyn. The memory of that show has stood out to me in a quite a profound way because it was clear to me that that was a tour that was life-changing for you in real time. Like That's what I kind of felt like I saw seeing you on stage and seeing that crowd. And I wanted to start off by asking if that was indeed the case for you. Like, Yeah, I think I would say it probably was that whole sort of like that whole tour felt like definitely a bit of a turning point in in terms of understanding the sort of spread of the band and that we were sort of crossing oceans and connecting with people on the other side of the world it definitely resonated in that sense of like oh shit this is actually really connecting with people not just in the UK and Europe um yeah it felt it felt really special didn't it really just yeah, it was incredible. And it was just, we kind of went out not knowing really to expect what to expect. Because like, you know, when we met in uh, New York for that week, we hung out. It wasn't real, it didn't really give an image of what, what was out there. And it wasn't sold out when it started, but it just kept, kept on going. And I think it pretty much sold out by the end. And the crowds were just like the best we've ever had, I think, really. Not to take away anything from any other crowds. <laughs> yeah. But they, and also, I think they had that sort of maybe it was that thing of like we hadn't been to america properly yet and mm. then there was so much like pent-up energy of people want you know constantly for years sending us messages saying come and please come and play and and we couldn't do it up to that point for sort of financially there was too much risk and so that all that energy and sort of the feeling of people wanting to connect with the music was so built up and so getting to play for people was like this weird release for us and them because we'd all waited for so long for that moment. So it was a bit of a like, yeah, an explosion of emotions and stuff. And, you know, like people talk all the time about how it's difficult for bands, kind of interestingly, both before and during the pandemic. I wanted to say after, but somehow we're still living through this shit show. And, um, <laughs> You know, we're going to explore the pandemic aspect later on, but I want to continue discussing this 2020 tour that you guys were on, because I think it's quite beautiful that you're a band that has amassed an audience strictly in response to your music. And when I was at that show, it was clear to me that people came because they love the music and they weren't necessarily told to. And what I mean by that is that aspect of like, 
it's not that it's a trendy thing or it's not like a thing where someone's trying to look cool. It's like people are very much there engaged and responding to like the music itself. And I wonder, what do you make of that? Like, how has it felt for you to recognize that, you know, like what? Yeah. How's that been? Yeah, I guess that's like we've I mean, maybe we had one moment at the beginning when we were like what you'd say a sort of hypey band, like had a bit of that sort of hype thing. But I think that sort of went quite quickly and, and it was clear that it was much more about the music, you know, and it was about we weren't trying to play music that was sort of trendy or cool or anything. It just sort of came out that way. And so I think for us, it has always been our, what we do has always been very much based on just that connection people feel with our music. There's nothing much more than that. Like, I think we struggle a lot with it, the image side of things with social media and all that kind of stuff of projecting the sort of image side of a band is not really our thing naturally i think we all as soon as there's a sort of photo shoot or anything like that we all slightly panic and don't know what to do and wear ridiculous clothes and and so what what, what we really feel comfortable is is just making music and and i think that's what people pick up on is that we're just we're just like you know we're, we're here to make music and make music that sort of resonates with people rather than try and be like too cool for school or I don't know. You know what I mean, Rue? Maybe, I mean, yeah. yeah. One no, day I... leather jackets and stuff probably. Take <laughs> <laughs> my hair back. No, it's really nice though because it gives you, it gives you a bit of confidence that people are there for your music, which is what it's all about anyway. At the end of the day, if, if that's actually what you want to do, you know, so it's nice. It's kind of comforting. <laughs> Exactly. It sort of makes you feel they'll stick around, you know, rather than like when you follow a band because they're trendy and hype and hyped and cool, you know, then people move on to the next band. But if if it's just about the music, you feel like there's a potentially sort of longevity and like, you know, hmm. hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you say that and then it all just falls off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> well, going into that, I'd love to start asking you about your next album you're releasing soon, which is called Shoals. And, you know, I have to say this is a very ambitious body of work, but in quite a different way than I think most people would expect, because within this album, you're exploring the ways that sounds can both fill a space and also not do that, like allowing that space to exist of nothingness. And I think the way you can project a vastness with textures and melodies is so interesting. So. You know, it's clear to me on so many levels that this must have been a challenging album to bring to life. And I'd love to hear about where your headspace was at the start of the recording process and where or not you felt like that informed the overall experience you had. From my point of view, anyway, the start of the process was kind of, we before on previous records and stuff, we set quite like, not strict, but quite fairly rigid boundaries. And I think we just kind of decided, you know, we'll just go wherever the song takes us. We won't go, oh no, that's not a palace sound guitar or whatever we'll just if we're enjoying that we'll go with it and I think that was like I think you know the songwriting's developed and everything but it's still in essence a lot more palace it's just the scope's got a lot wider and I think that was kind of our initial approach anyway I think that's it totally I agree it's just like slightly taking the shackles off and being a bolder with choices in terms of what's possible and just seeing how far we can like push what palace is in a way and I think that's what we sort of learn is going forward is just to see how far we can push Palace. Like it doesn't have to be one thing. It can constantly change and evolve. And I feel like 
this album was the as Rue said it was like the first time we started to do that bit started to like mold it a bit and sculpt it and to slightly different shapes yeah and i think what's fascinating with that like i think with you saying that people might be expecting like when i was saying the ambition is a bit different i think like people might expect like there's these like almost like weird synth sounds or like something heavy but it's interesting how so much of the sounds just kind of like linger and kind of can recede or like it kind of reminded me a lot of um, the imagery of waves listening to this body of work, like kind of like how a wave could come at you, a water wave could come at you so intensely, but then is gone as uh, quickly as it came. I don't know if that speaks to you in any way in regards to that. Yeah, type of imagery. I, th I think that we've always, it sounds really sort of cheesy, but I think sort of water and the ocean and the sea, the sea has always like been a big part of our band. Like from the beginning, we, well, I remember really in the first like few months, we remember us saying that we felt like one of our songs or some of our songs sounded like the sea. It had that feeling of like, it was sort of big and ferocious and, and angry and then sort of beautiful and comforting and sort of tender at the same time. And I think that's something we've subconsciously always sort of, um, we've sort of like put into the band that it's had that feeling of like, it's slightly alive and moving and, and sort of changing and so yeah i think it is like that with the waves and with with this album especially i think there's a lot of i mean in the title alone but in this in in the instrumentation there's a lot of that sort of injected in that feeling of like this breathing moving sort of lingering thing as you say and so um yeah it's a that's a very big part of our sound i think and, you know, naturally, I read about the album prior to listening to it. And one of the things that stuck out to me was how a major theme of this album is about exploring fear and what that could do to the mind. Um, I'd love to hear you, Leo, explore that a bit deeper, particularly what comes to your mind when you even hear that word fear? I think lots of things. I think I've, I think I've always been a very fearful person. Like, um it's always sort of played a big for like it has does for lots of people but like since I was a when I was a kid I was a very fearful child and um I can remember just spending a lot of my childhood being sort of scared of the world and scared of people and sort of scared of everything and as a result sort of couldn't I was I was a terrible sleeper and couldn't sleep and and that fear has definitely certainly been something that's sort of gone on through my life and um and it's sort of with the sort of lockdown and stuff that first one i think it was the idea of facing a lot of those fears you know confronting a lot of things that parts of yourself that you are sort of afraid of and afraid of the type of person you might be or afraid of your flaws and your imperfections and all these kind of things but yeah i think it was very cathartic in that sense the album just sort of confronting these things and confronting fears and the sides of yourself that you don't like rather than sort of putting them to the side and just um it was almost like this idea of making friends with your fears you know um and becoming sort of uh, understanding and receptive to them rather than just closing them down and Ru, well like how did you feel like having that being like because i think what's interesting with what you just said there leo is like that's kind of an arrival that you could come to that could never happen. Like, I think um, we're so used to the idea that our fears and the things that make us scary is something to run away from in totality for like our lives. But 
to, to think about it in that aspect of like maybe befriending them. I, I just wonder, Rue, like, how do you think it was being together with the guys and either talking about these uh, these emotions out loud or realizing that in the context of the songs, these are what they were? Yeah, it's interesting because like a lot of the it, the songs kind of develop and I think, Leo, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you, yeah, the, the lyrics kind of meander, like as we write the song, they change a bit here and there, but you kind of get the main bits, don't you? And, and it kind of, yeah, it's, it's just really exciting, like, because you feel like you're playing through a song and Leo's got his first like kind of set of lines and then you just kind of, you hear some, you latch onto like certain words and certain lines and they kind of resonate you and help really kind of how you push forward with you, your like input to the song and they kind of shape your emotion. You kind of, how do I put that emotion or do I want to, you know, counter that? Like, it's, that's a bit scary. Let's be happy. <laughs> like, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. But it's amazing. It's, it's really interesting because it's, it's like a very descriptive way of hearing where someone is, how they're like imagining or hearing the song to themselves, if you know what I mean. And then you see that picture and it grows. You guys must have it very interesting where it's like when you're doing like rehearsals or just generally like, you know, working on a song, it must be like fascinating leaving the rehearsal space and having some of like Leo's words kind of lingering in your mind when you're like going for the train or the car or whatever. <laughs> I always think that you probably think, I always think they must. So much stuff is revealed to them out of my character and the lyrics and things that maybe we haven't spoken about. And I always think, God, they must think I'm fucking insane. <laughs> like, Am I always messaging to think if Lee's all right? Yeah. <laughs> There's always a slight pat on the back as we leave the rehearsal room, you know, which is a very like, are you okay? Do you want a hug? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, it's gonna work out at the end. It's gonna work out at the yeah. end. Yeah, exactly. Why we normally end up at the pub, really? And afterwards, yeah, just make yeah. <laughs> Down my sorrows. <laughs> oh, let's talk about fade because to me, this is an example of a song that could stand next to some of your previous albums, while also highlighting how far you've come and how there's still new heights to strive for. And I wonder, what did you, what did making fade reveal to you about where the band was at creatively? Oh, that's a good question. I think I think that was um, yeah. I think I I I think it was just a, a feeling of wanting to like push the boat out, and it was certainly like a point where we wanted to um, try something different and try a new energy and try a new sort of level of aggression in the song. And me and Rue certainly love quite a lot of sort of heavy heavy music and and sort of aggressive music with a certain like punkiness or energy and and I think we wanted to nat it naturally sort of came out that way but we certainly chased that idea of just like trying something that had an aggression and had a sort of driving energy and had a like ferocity to it um and then we wanted to keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it basically so it felt good to play a song like that fast and that aggressive and that sort of like bubbling you know before the sort of heaviness there's that sort of bubbling intensity and it was just first and foremost it was just like fun to play in the room it was just like jamming it we were like pretty excited weren't we Rui? yeah i think that one came mostly out of a jam i think didn't it, it, it did, yeah. let's just go go for it and see what happens yeah I, I feel like another song that touches upon what we just discussed with fade is the one that feels like very different for you as well is uh, graffiti. And um, I feel like 
the avenue that you like reached within the pocket of this song is just like so new for you. And yeah, I'd love to hear how this one came about. The demo came together without us ever playing it to each other. I put the chords down and then Matt just put a drum beat and some bass down and then gave it to Lee. And then Lee just put all those amazing Lee guitar lines and vocals on it all over it. And then that was it. <laughs> no one discussed anything with anyone and it was just done. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, it was a weird, that was right in the first lockdown, wasn't it? That one. Yeah. We, we were literally just, yeah, we were never in a room jamming it at all. It was just, it came together like really easily and naturally, but felt like a really natural sort of new step. Quite quickly, just felt like something that was like different, you know, and exciting and cosmic. I love that you highlight that because, you know, it's always interesting where you could have a, where like there's a parallel between how the song sounds and how it was made because. It does have like this very flowy and like you're saying, Leo, cosmic nature where it kind of almost felt like a song that would come out of like a stream of consciousness. But, you know, you just don't always expect that to be the case. Like, Yeah, no, it's definitely it has that sort of dreamy, spacey feel. Um, and actually, you know, it's funny because that was the first time we'd ever worked in that way when we were sort of, you know, all separated. But actually, there's something to be said, I think, for just like working on a song where you're not in the room together and you're just like, you have to make your decisions on your own and actually works quite nicely. Maybe we should just keep doing that forever. I don't know. You know, I don't normally uh, bring this up, but if anyone listening wanted to feel good about the world, I would recommend just going to like the YouTube comic section for the gravity video, because I was there a couple of days ago and it's, it's wild how much positivity your fans outwardly put into the world i have to say oh, i haven't seen read the comments for gravity actually there's some there's there's probably some funny stuff about like getting baked and <laughs> there were a few of those yeah it was just a general like i think if anyone's having like a bad day or like a bad hour you'd go under there it's like oh the world's not so bad yeah there's some i, I read some the other day for west guy becomes see a new song the live thing is someone wrote this band could could fart into a mic and I'd still listen to it. <laughs> Which I thought was like one of the best compliments we've ever had. Little do they know. Yeah. Little do they know what's happening in the rehearsal space. To be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a sincerity within where the sky becomes sea that is beautifully conveyed within the instrumentation and your vocal, Leo. And um, obviously you always want to achieve a form of harmony with a song, but it does feel like strongly pointed here. So yeah, talk to me about the journey of achieving that harmony within this song. Well, yeah, God, that one, how did, let me just think how it came together. Yeah, I think it was just, that was right at the end of the process for the album of getting songs together and that came together sort of, yeah, right at the end, very naturally again and quite quickly. And it just had this, there was this, we wanted to create a song that had a sort of slight sort of 90s feel to it with a sort of tambourine that goes and, you know, had that really slow sort of 90s groove. Yeah, the song just again, just came together very naturally. And there's there's a real simplicity to the song. And it feels like it could sit on one of the other two albums. It's got that old palace feel, but with a, with something sort of new about it, like a new sort of energy. And and for the end of the song, again, this was that weird way of working where we just sent each other for the thing. I did the chords and the singing for the first sort of 
half and then I sent it to Rue and I was like, we need a an ending. We need something that makes it. Let's come up with something that's so totally different, changes it within a couple of days or a day to send back the chords for the ending, that beautiful, like simple ending. And it was just like this sort of genius thing where it was just like something completely different to the start, but takes you on this journey into like another world with that ending. And it's, it's, it feels very hopeful that ending it ends in a, in a way of, yeah, just feeling really positive and, and it's really fun to play as well. I get to do a guitar solo, which is quite a rarity as well. And did you guys get to have the experience of listening to the album together in full? Like, you know, all of you is in the same room once it was done. No. (laughs) Um, I don't think we have done that, have we, Rick? No, we haven't. I think it's one of those things, though, like, once you listen to the mixes and you're okay, the mixes, and we'll, you know, and with kind of the way the world is at the moment, being separated a bit more, once we'd approved the masters, I I know I was at least as I'm done. I don't want to listen to it for a quite a while now <laughs> forget about it and now I've, I've started listening to bits and bobs again and uh yeah it's great but yeah it'd be really actually nice to have a beer and talk through it and listen yeah. to it yeah really that, cool. you should actually do that at some point yeah just no, never, never crossed my mind yeah <laughs> really nice really. I'm, I'm saying that i couldn't i just we we were so sick of listening to it and hearing thousand mixes that we just I had to stop for like months and months and I've just started again as well and I'm like shit I really love this I actually yeah. have that feeling of like fuck I actually do feel like really proud and happy with this album you just yeah. need that distance because you don't otherwise well I speak for myself but I'm just listening for all the things that they min- that minuscule things that make little to no difference but you get so hung up on them at the time I've forgotten what they were now <laughs> so I'm not looking for them and it's, and it's really good. Well, I was going to say, that was quite hilarious to me that Rupert was saying, like, um, he started that off by saying, like, because of the way the world is, how far apart like, you guys are. You're, you're all in London still, aren't you? You're just probably, like, down the road from each other still, no? <laughs> we all are, actually. No, Rue isn't. Rue's in Moose. Yeah. He's, he lives in the West Country. And... I'm in Dorset these days. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful there. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Oh, really nice. nice. But still not that far, I suppose. Yeah, (laughs) we'll have a listen at some point yeah Yeah, i reckon so i I think i probably gave you a a potential idea to do yeah you could even do that with fans if you wanted to yeah well i think there is a possibility something like that i'd plan to do something like that yeah some sort of immersive experience yeah i mean the music certainly lends itself to it yeah you know i want to go back to talking about the aspect of being a band throughout the pandemic, because obviously you had this album to focus on, but let's be honest, this is a period of life where we're all questioning why we do things and also how we do things. Like, I think regardless of whether or not we want to. And I wonder for both of you, do you feel like experiencing this pandemic has challenged what this band means to you in any way? Yeah, I think, I think it definitely has. I think I, I'm sure Rue's the same, but there was times at the beginning in the first year of the pandemic and sort of onwards where I was like, I genuinely thought maybe this was the end of touring and stuff. Like I had a weird, you know, in your head, maybe you're like, you'll get back to it. But I really felt there was a weird feeling of it hadn't been so long since we played together that I really felt like maybe I'll never do this again. Maybe we'll never go on the road again and play together or at least maybe it will be changed forever in some way and and I think 
because of that and the experience, like I certainly realized just how much I need the band and how much I need to be playing live and, and how you can sometimes take it for granted, like the live thing. And I, I think for me, it's just given me a massive newfound feeling just not to take any of it for granted and, and know how lucky we are to get to do what we love doing and get to play around the world. And it looks like we will get back to it, which is the good thing, I guess. Yeah, what about Euro? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was really weird just in that we came off the back of the US tour and it was just like, literally could not get any higher <laughs> and it crashed down pretty rapidly tours were cancelled and festivals were cancelled and then you just, and like leo says he's like is this ever going to happen again like because essentially what we do is the last thing that anyone wants to do is pack into a room and get sweaty and hug and kiss each other so you kind of like well that's the last thing that's ever going to happen again so you kind of really question the whether it's and you do worry like you like are we going to survive like, no, I don't mean like life and death, but like as a band, is it going to survive through all this kind of stuff? But I think, like Lee says, it's getting there, getting better. Yeah. And hopefully everything will kind of move forward now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you kind of alluded to it with like, you know, how at the, start, the top of 2020, it was like, you know, you could be higher. But I think it's important to stress, like at that point in time, it was like the band, like I know the band was has been a full-time thing for you guys for a while, but. I felt like that was an experience that showed like in dividends, like how that was the right way to go about it. And I just think it's kind of amazing. You, you were able to still do that. Like, it's like, cause I mean, considering what it takes to make an album and put it out into the world and promote it and all that, it's like, there's a level of dedication you have to put into that with just man hours. that I think a lot of people would be shocked by. Yeah, no, definitely. There is, I think there's, I think sometimes it can people or friends and stuff can look at sort of, you know, what you do and, and touring and, and the work you put in as a band and not really see how much work it is and how much dedication and commitment that is needed. And, and I think a lot of people think that going on tour is all just like fun and games and like glamorous in some way, but it's absolutely like not for the most part. And it is the funnest thing in the entire world, but it's also like can be very lonely and like intense and so yeah i think it's no it's it's a funny one there's so much that goes into it but um yeah i think the past couple of years has certainly made made us sort of like just appreciate everything that much more you know yeah and you know before we wrap up i'm curious how do you envision because you'll be touring soon i'm really keen to see this album like in a live context but like with some of like the rehearsals you've been doing or like some of like just the mental set list you've been doing, how do you feel like this album's going to impact like the live show? I think there's a few ideas kicking around, like of things Rue's going to dress as a fish and dance <laughs> No, no, no. That'd be kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, no, no. I think we, I think we want to take that. We have, well, we have a new member of the band, which is really cool. So like there's a fifth person. So in terms of the sound, it's bigger. There are keys and synths, and um, there's more sort of layers to the live thing now. Um, and so that's one big thing. And then I think we just want to sort of push the boat out with sort of like the visual aspect of it as well, and you know, try and create a really sort of intense 
immersive experience at the at the gigs and make it feel really like something you don't forget in every aspect. Yeah, I think so. What do you, any? I can't remember if there's anything else, but thinking of Rue, what do you reckon? No, I think that's about it, really. I think it's just you know it's similar in the the way the album was was kind of like breaking down barriers. I think the whole thing is just we want it to sound quite fresh, but still us, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's a body of work that very much lends itself to like a really cool light show where it's like you could play with like the amount of light in a room in terms of like excess and like, you know, reduction of light, like, you know, light receding and kind of like why we were talking about the waves earlier. Like, Yeah, I think that's it. I think we have some some ideas to sort of try and sneak in elements that make it feel underwater and feel like the sea and, and have that sort of really atmospheric um sort of vibe it's funny though because i can remember like doing a like one of our shows years ago big london show and we did like some super atmospheric lighting for some bits and i just remember just like couldn't see my guitar for the whole <laughs> day and it was like right at the start of the show the intro we came on and the lighting was like oh, i think no. we were backlit maybe so it looks no. like i just couldn't see the fretboard and I remember just being like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. So hopefully it'll be <laughs> a bit of, yeah, might have to have sort of little like UV lights on our fretboards or something like uh, uh, <laughs> you, you gotta love the bits that you would imagine are like super obvious beforehand and you don't realize it till real time. Like, yeah, oh God, <laughs> no, it was, it, it was pretty, it was pretty scary playing the whole show, basically blind. <laughs> uh, well, I, for one, I'm so glad that you guys are still here with us and that you also have this beautiful album that you've put out into the world. And yeah, thanks so much for chatting with me, guys. I really appreciated this. Really nice to talk to you, man. Thanks so much. It's really good to catch up. Thank you so much for checking this out. Be sure to subscribe to The New Exchange via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you stream podcasts. Until next time, thank you for listening.